<laughs> to apologize to you and to everybody else. If I upset the people in this great production, that's something I'll have to live with because as I said this morning, and I'll say tomorrow or any other time I feel like it, because when you're Ric Flair, you can say no raw. The bottom line is, You know, the bottom line is, Steamboat, you're back in NWA. You have gone out of your way with the help of the professional people here at TBS. And I'm talking to you, Ross, to embarrass me and to make me look bad. That's almost an impossibility. As you can see, I am still, woo, custom made. I am still riding in long limousines. I am flying in private Lear jets. I ride around in the company of some of the wealthiest people in the world. And as I said before, Steamboat, you are the kind of man that personally I don't like. For openers, you're a one-woman man. I like all kinds of women. Number two, I like to walk out here and talk about life as it is. Life in the fast lane. That spells out Ric Flair, the nature boy. Bottom line, the 20th of this month. And I want to say to you, if you make it to the 20th, Monday night, Chi-Town Rumble, pal, you have got to beat the world's heavyweight champion. No talk, no brag, nothing right here, no tag team match. You and me, all alone, you have got to beat the world's heavyweight champion. And you know what, brother? That's going to be a big job for you. And I'll tell you something else. Ross and Ted Turner and all these other idiots. If I want to walk the streets of Atlanta, Georgia with LaToya Jackson, I'll do it because I'm Ric Flair. Woo! Welcome to another episode of Baggot Almighty! Baggot Almighty! Baggot Almighty! Wrestling Review, the show where we crack open some lovely cans. Uh, <laughs> Our cans are already open. Cans. Yeah, sorry about that. And have a chat about pro wrestling yesteryear, one pay per view at a time. I'm Graham, and as always, I'm joined by my evil oriental men from the. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, from, the, from the Yamazaki Corporation, Dave. How are you doing? I'm Kenichiwa, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers. Thanks yeah, for that one. That's what, uh, Evil man from the Orient. That's, yeah, that's what Jim <laughs> Ross keeps calling Hiro Matsuda. Anyway, how are you lads? Is alright? Yeah, not too bad, not yeah. too bad. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to getting into this now. Good, yeah. good. A year, mid, you're not uh, drinking lovely cans. No, I have a cup final tomorrow morning, okay. so I'm uh, on the dry. Right, get your hopefully, straight, man. hopefully, by the time we do our next episode... Darren will be gargled from winning said cup final. How do you feel Still gargled. Still, Still gargled. That yeah. is the plan. Yeah. yeah, okay, Grant. So before we kick off on this episode, this is our first time recording. 
post the death of Mr. Fuji. Rest in peace. Thought, have a little chat about him? Sure. Yeah, yeah have, like, I, I don't know if you have memories of him or rather yeah, it's just yeah. the fact that we've watched As him a lot. I don't have too many memories no. personally of him. Like I only really got into wrestling when I was about maybe 11 or 12 and that was kind of just as the the Attitude Era was kind of picking up a bit of steam like mm. you know um, so my first kind of proper encounter obviously I'd heard the name Mr. Fuji and I'd yeah. seen him a couple of times but my first real experience with him was from doing this podcast yeah he was fucking deadly he's good, so good. At, but he's bad at the same time it's very strange oh, no he's deadly no, he's, he's entertaining as, he's entertaining as yes. evil orientals go he's yeah, yeah, far yeah. better than Hiro Matsuda and, as we'll discuss and the, the thing is he's not even a genuine oriental oh, no, well, he's Hawaiian he is, isn't he he's an American like, he's had, like one of his parents is Japanese but he was born and bred in Hawaii like, yeah. you know what I mean so 83 I'm glad to see, no I'm not glad to see someone die but what I mean is I'm glad to see age. someone reach a legitimate age Dying that normal age. people yeah, die yeah, yeah, you yeah. only hear another person in the wrestling world has died and she's like you know, 45 and you're yeah. like for fuck's sake so that was a, a few little stories that I've picked up and researched them. one is basically the fact that the only reason he was kept on is because he was good on the road in the fact that he was you know he wasn't good on the mic like he was bad <laughs> well, that's and, what I like about he couldn't him really bump, he couldn't really bump either because he was old yeah Basically, if anybody got in trouble on the road, he'd generally be the one to get them over. Oh, wow. He was basically a clean-up man. Like Mike out of uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. Bad. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. if shit went down, Mr. Fuji was the one who sorted it out. Like, And you can just imagine him. Yeah. Can't you? Just yeah, like, <laughs> taking care of business. <laughs> I, I, I read a story myself. You might have you might have it down no, there no, as well. But, go um, ahead, yeah. Uh, like he used to go up to people and just stand right in front of them, stare them in the eyes and just piss on their feet. Uh, the only the only one I have in the notes is that he did it to Lex Luger. Lex Luger came in, I think, to the WF, you know, in the mid nineties. Yeah, and he came in like he'd won the world title in the WCW or whatever, and he thought he was the bee's knees. And apparently, he was in a restaurant. He went up to, to Luger and they were chatting, and then he just took his dick out and pissed on his shoes while talking to him <laughs> to basically say like, "You're right. not." Th-. And like, let's be honest: cool. if a man has the boss to whip his cock out and start pissing on his shoes while talking to you. He's a psychopath. Oh, I wouldn't do a thing. I'd be like, please, sir, can I have some more kind of way? <laughs> yeah. He was apparently like a non-stop ribber. I have a quote here from uh, Classy Freddy Blassie. It says, Fuji's ribs were non-stop in the arena, in hotels, in airports, in restaurants. And he was an instigator. He'd find weak-minded wrestlers and have them do ribs for him just to wreak more havoc. <laughs> the man was incorrigible. If you were sitting across from Fuji drinking a cup of coffee, he was liable to slip some laxatives when you weren't looking. It would be time to go to the ring and you'd be on the toilet shitting your guts out. If you heard you on the phone making airplane reservations, he'd call up the airline you were after ringing, cancel your trip, you'd miss your book and lose money and Fuji would think it was hilarious. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, so he sounds like a, a mentor. He does. Yeah. He really yeah. does. No job. Yes, so RIP Mr. Fuji. Yeah, we, um, we, we will thankfully be seeing him Quite a lot, quite a lot, yeah, quite a lot. Till at least the mid '90s. So, this is WCW Shy Town Rumble. Uh, it's the first WCW pay per view of 1989, and just a lot has happened in the business side of. It, so, I'll touch on that first. Yeah, before we please get into do, it. So please do. Basically, as we discussed in our last episode, Dusty was fired for a few reasons: the purposely blading when he was told not to blade, and that crazy idea. You had said he had where Rick Steiner would go over Flair in five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that whole shit. So a guy called Jim Hurd was made executive VP of WCW. He wasn't a wrestling guy; he was a TV guy. So he didn't really know anything. Was he, like a Turner appointment kind yeah, of thing. So it was yeah, a Turner yeah. appointment. So in, he was in charge of the day-to-day running of the company, whereas 
instead of Dusty being a booker, a whole committee was set up, which was Ric Flair, Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, Kevin Sullivan, and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. So that, that's, that's not a, a bad, pretty decent book. Not a bad combination, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having wrestlers on it might make them put themselves over. I don't know. That's it. That's just that's a, the uh, that's yeah. the name of the game as well. It you is, know, it's it is, the exact yeah. same thing that's happening in WWF as well. Yeah, but it's from what I from this pay per view, I'd say. They did okay. They yeah. did all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. another thing, since we know Tully Blanchard and Aaron Anderson already left, so James J. Dillon was just left with uh, Ric Flair and Barry Windham, who they were referring to as the Horsemen, not the Four Horsemen, because you know there's yeah. only two of them. So Butch Reed, who recently left the WF, debuted with the company as Dillon's new signing, and a few weeks later, Barry's younger brother and lower card wrestler Kendall Windham turned heel and began tagging with his brother. But before they could be officially named a new incarnation of the Four Horsemen, James J. Dillon left and took a job in WWF offices. So there you go. There you go. So Japanese-American wrestling legend Hiro Matsuda was brought in to take his place and the group referred to as the Yamasaki Corporation. The evil man from the Orient. Just just bizarre. Yeah. It really like is, isn't it? him as Ric Flair's manager. We'll get into it later, Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's WCW, Shytown Rumble. along with Magnum TA and welcome to the Chi-Town Rumble 89. We're coming to you live from the UIC Pavilion here in the cold and snowy Chicago, Illinois. And fans, this is the night that we have all been waiting for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that in. <laughs> yes. So February 20th, 1989, which was a Monday. Oh, strange, mm. strange one. Yes. From the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois with an attendance of 8,000 Although only five and a half thousand paid. Well, just I heard sixteen thousand from uh, Did you? the backstage interview. Oh, okay. it was now, yeah. but, uh, probably Michael, probably Michael Hayes. Oh, I think no, I think yeah, it was yeah. um, it was Animal Road Warrior. Oh, yeah, like, sixteen thousand yeah. people out there. There's not. There's only eight thousand and less than that paid. So, yeah. so welcome by the commentary team, Jim Ross and Magnum TA, who run down the entire card for us, and then we strangely get a second video package yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's like and they rehash the same footage within yeah. the same video it was weird like. can we talk about that that entire introduction to the show for a second can we talk oh, about that it. synthesizer yeah, fucking well, hell, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that was the original music you know well, like WWE have to do whatever over, have it. it was it's great deadly yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. we like we have Magnum TA again yeah like it's good to see him it's always good to see Magnum TA it's good yeah. to see his mullet that's because well. of the yeah, mullet yeah exactly yeah. Ding, 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 on the board yeah yeah but like he, I, I honestly felt like he was staring at one of those what are they called you know, what are they, like, teleprompters, teleprompters. teleprompters yeah. yeah like he was so rehearsed like, it was Mag- like Magnum Magnum is very sound boy-y. yeah he'll be like, definitely he'll be like X has to do Y and if he doesn't he'll be blah 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 and then he won't talk for five minutes and Jim Ross will call action yeah. and then he'll come in and have another little sound boy sound boy yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in fairness he's not a com- like he's a wrestler whose yeah. career was ended by a horrible accident so he you know, he's not a natural. You know, like same way. Yeah. If you hear, listen to Corey Graves and he four started, I hated Corey Graves. He's much better now, bad. though. But now he's a d- because obviously you need to practice, improve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learn how to do. So it. So I didn't well. mind Magnum. No, he was okay. Like, I, I, he's better than Bob Coddle. 
Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And also the fact that if he's just sitting out and letting JR commentate, JR is deadly on this show, so that's grand. Yeah. Just let him go. Of JR course. JR is fantastic on this show. Yeah. So uh, we get that other The video package, package went like, on for so yeah, long. Yeah, I was like, I've already bought this pay per view. Why? Are you, like, yeah. You're trying to hype this Yeah, hype it again. Anyway, so first off, before anything even starts, we get an interview with Michael P.S. Hayes who puts over everything but his own match. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and we've already, again, we've already bought the show. He's like, you've got the best wrestlers in the NWA. Uh, We've got four title matches coming up. It's like, I know, because on the fucking pre-show, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm after paying whatever it is, $20, $25 at the time. That's a running theme throughout the entire show, though. They're really putting over the NWA yeah. as the, the place c- to the be. The company as yeah. opposed to... Yeah, as yeah. Can, I, can I just ask, he says there's four titles on the line and he says one of them is the number one contender's title, the US title. Was that yeah. actually a thing? I will get on to that, that one. Thing, oh, it? no, when we get on to that match, I will discuss cool. that further. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, something of note here is that the WWE Network version, which I believe we all watched, mm-hmm. uh, has cut almost all the entrances out. Yeah. yeah. Which is very annoying. Tis. Very annoying. Very I annoying. felt like I was looking away for a split second, and then a match would be on. Match, and then the next match would have yeah. started. It yeah. was like so confusing. You know, mm. like the dots on the timeline. If you use the WWE network, yeah. the way they show the ending and starting yeah. of the match, and They're the dots right were literally each right other, beside yeah. each other. It was, and yeah, kind of. It feels like really rushed. You don't have any time. I felt the yeah. exact same way. I, I like. Way. I mean, I, I managed to get my hands on a VHS rip, okay. and there are entrances, but we don't actually miss anything yeah, really but yeah, yeah. it's still nice to have them yeah, especially for title matches yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course like build it to, up a bit and to hear the crowd either pop or boo or whatever yeah, the case yeah, yeah. is so match number one Michael P.S. Hayes versus Russian Assassin 1 now you may notice that in the start of the show Magnum T.A. and Jim Ross said Russian Assassin 2 it was originally meant to be Russian Assassin 2 but something happened which I'll explain a little bit later oh so it's Russian Assassin 1 versus Michael PSAs see from my memory of the last time yes I thought that this was Russian Assassin number 2 but they were just calling him number 1 because I thought this was the bigger pastier guy who was maybe it is but But either way that's why yeah right so yeah (laughs) it's all very confusing so so here's what I tried to look at a background of this and there's absolutely no background to it (laughs) so like Hayes defeated Russian Assassin 1 on an episode of World Championship Wrestling. Okay. And then like five weeks later, they just had this random pay-per-view match. There was no... In b- between that match and now... There was no build There was no interaction between either the Russian Assassins or Paul Jones and Michael Hayes. It was yeah. just... But like, Michael Hayes is from Bad Street USA and he's from Russia. And damn those Russians. Damn oh, those the USA chance. That's the USA the only chance story they needed, isn't it? It is, it is. Also, yeah. lads, do you like headlocks? Yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to say so. <laughs> Love a good chin right. lock. Yeah. 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 Here's the first line of my, my uh, run through this match. Russian assassin takes a solid headlock and holds it for ages. <laughs> Hayes eventually gets out and takes a headlock of his own and he holds it for ages. They do some spots off the ropes. Assassin does an atomic drop. But Hayes just no-sells it and hits him with a clothesline. And then Hayes begins to work the arm with the odd punch and kick thrown in. <laughs> Assassin hurls Hayes to the outside, but Hayes comes right back in and hits him with the right hand before going back to the arm. Sound. <laughs> Real sound. Real sound. <laughs> so Assassin shoots Hayes off the ropes, levels him with a knee to his stomach, and then spends the next five minutes beating up Hayes with punch, kick, chokes, eye pokes, hair pulls. Probably the best part of the match. I yeah. think the heat was the best uh, part of the match. Hayes gets a hope spot 
with a cross body for a one count but Assassin takes control again and a long long rest hold yeah, yeah. so bad Hayes fights out goes for Bulldog but the Assassin defends it and throws Hayes across the ring Assassin runs at Hayes in the corner but Hayes sidesteps and the Russian collides with the ring post that's basically that spells the end then Hayes goes for a 10 punch in the corner followed by a DDT which is probably the best thing of the entire match yeah to win the match at 15 minutes and 48 there seconds there was no need for that match to be 15 no. minutes long no 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 need for it what was the story with the referee, referee? yeah <laughs> counting like two counts or six counts yeah. Yeah. what like, was he, he doing he, he, he wouldn't even barely lift his hand off the mat he'd tap and it three count, times and then he'd tap it three times and then count again so yeah basically instead of going like you know a ref would go one two three he was going one two like, yeah, it was so. I, I noticed he was not in any other matches. I mm. wonder where they like here. This lad, thankfully, uh, fucking thankfully, idiot. yeah. We got Tommy Young and, and like, fucking Teddy Long. Yeah, now, like there, like actual people, proper like, referees. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was wondering because I know at this point, you know, ref or sorry, wrestling. Is, they're still trying to say it's real. So yeah. they have these athletic commissions, and you know, refs are actually assigned to cities generally as opposed to you know. Companies, companies. Because yeah, yeah. remember, we've seen Earl Hebner, yeah, yeah, there yeah, before, yeah. working on two shows. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they had him out there, and they were like, "Yeah, listen, make fuck off home." <laughs> <laughs> just, just count once. Yeah, that, that was that was really kind of weird. He made that ref yeah. from I think it was a WrestleMania ages ago. Oh, the wrestling classic. Remember the yeah, the, the, the old they found in the, the, in the bar. Who, like, kept getting distracted. <laughs> Monty yeah. Burns' son, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Monty Burns' son, yeah. <laughs> So that's the last time, thankfully, we will see the Russian Assassin's gimmick on pay-per-view. I hate those. I know you need jobbers, but I hate those just generic, generic un, unfit, masked jobber. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just... Yeah, like that match, it had not a lot to it. The only thing was Michael yeah. Hayes' charisma. Like, he makes up for the fact that he's not even that smooth in the ring for himself. He's very charismatic, but he's not... A, He's not great. No. Yeah, I know he's not great. He's so, always been. He's always been known as the 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 least best worker of the three freeboards. Yeah, like he'd do Makes the talking, and the rest of them would do all the in ring yeah, stuff. You know yeah, that sort of way. Yeah. I I had watched actually the uh, kind of the WCW. It was called like the TV show was called World Championship Wrestling episodes building up to this, and the amount no like so they have these Russian assassins who are just like fat folks yeah. or like just not in shape lads, but there was a lot of jobbers who are like fucking built and I'm like I'd rather see a muscular lad do the job he at least looks threatening yeah. rather than some which in turn makes the winner look even better yeah of course you know they like they had lads who were like proper <clears throat> like proper shape like and not nah, like I'm talking Rick Steiner bodies but they're they're jobbing yeah. that's, I'd rather see that because then it's like that lad looks like he could possibly kick your ass whereas the Russian assassins don't no most no, certainly not they do not so then we get an interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat <laughs> Who is the epitome of babyface, oh, isn't he? he? He's standing there with his baby in his arms and his, and wife. his wife next to him. Here, how funny was it when the the kid was trying to grab get the, the mic off? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bob. Uh, Bob Cod. Yeah, he's like pulling he, it away. He doesn't want to be mean to the child, but he also needs to hold the mic in place. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, that was great, crack." But yeah. it's just. He's just like, he's doing it for families and, you know, blue collar workers around. My strength around comes it. from my family and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I like yeah. the fact that he was doing it for the workers who were from eight to five. Isn't yeah, that, that, extra, five, hour, that extra hour. That like, extra hour, he's like, you're it means something. Yeah. 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 
two is Sting versus Hacksaw. Both raid. <sighs> what? Why? Sorry? Yeah, Why do we yeah. need another okay, hacksaw? Okay. One was more So actually, than before... One was too many. Uh, <laughs> one, one thing that was cut from this is actually a Sting interview, and it's shit. Huh? Really? Yeah, it's just bad. Bob Coddle goes, oh, you've got some new clothes, and he's like, yeah, I've got some new clothes, and, and I look good, and hopefully I do good. And then that's about it. And he goes, oh, and leaves. And I was like, that was terrible. And also, I, I love Jesus. Not yet, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be the wrestler of the 90s, though. So he, watch oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to control the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Fairness, like, you stink. Yeah, yeah. Before we get on this Hacksaw nickname, in Mid-South Wrestling, Jim Duggan and Butch Reed had feuded over the Hacksaw nickname. And later on, they'd teamed with each other. As oh. both heels and face. I can't imagine a heel Jim Duggan, but a heel Jim Duggan ver- like, versus a face Butch Reed, and then they switch roles, and they'd teamed. But I just think... That's fun. Like, I just think the fact that Duggan is now in the WWF. Yeah. He's national. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. I don't Everyone knows his name. He's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. As much as I hate him, that's his nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you at? Yeah. Fuck off, like. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was, I, was, I was really shocked when I heard the, the, the nickname yeah. Hacksaw. I was, yeah, like, I was like, what the... F-? Like, and I was expecting to hear Jim Duggan after it. And I was like, this isn't a fucking WWF. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know? Hacksaw, but like, what? Yeah, so... I have a thought. <laughs> Do you? Go on. Sting is great. Yeah, Sting is great. <laughs> He's fucking dead. But unfortunately, his uh, dance partner tonight is not so great. No, not so really. So there's lots and lots of stalling and stalemate yeah. at the start. But Sting finally gets some offense in with an arm drag and a pair of drop kicks, which are great. They are. That, that's like, that's yeah. what made me write down. Yeah. Sting is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Reed rolls out of the ring to do more stalling. Yeah. Sting walks a powerful looking headlock. He grinds it on for ages. Uh, Reed, Reed eventually escapes but takes the stinger down with an arm drag but again Reed leaves the ring to stall and I thought this was a funny bit Jim Ross is like remember folks this is the NWA we wrestle here while uh, Butch Reed is standing it's still not doing yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. stalling again Sting locks in a wrist lock and bites his hands when yeah, the ref's I back I, I really thought like that was kind of cool I really like that yeah, he's, not yeah. like it's, he's a He's a face, a, a, like a totally over yeah, face yeah, character, yeah. like you know, and no need for him. To no him need, but he's still, like but he's, and then the ref is asking him about it, and he's like, no, no, not at all. And he's still biting, like it's fucking brilliant. It was about halfway through this match that I was just like, what the hell is the point of like Hero Matsuda? What is he doing? Although, there? Oh, and yeah. then straight away, as I asked, <laughs> he finally actually does something, gets involved, yeah. and this is where we get the, so, the lovely Oriental comments. Oh yeah, we do. So read. read Sting is in control, but Reed sidesteps him and hurls him through the ropes to the floor, beats on him, gets an axe handle for a two count. But then Masuda and Reed then take it in turns, choking Stinger while the ref is distracted. They take turns in distracting the ref while the other yeah, one does illegal chokes, cool. which I was co- I thought was pretty cool. Rest hold. A lovely rest hold after that. So I was like, yeah. Th- That's oh, okay. Yeah, the rest yeah, hold after that is fine. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. fine. Sting almost fights out, but then Reed takes him down with another rest hold. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Grant but he puts his feet on the rope for good measure which is okay you're, cha- you're changing it up here Sting finally gets out goes for a, like a Vader bomb kind of move before it's yeah. called a Vader bomb but Reed gets the knees up Stinger ducks a clothesline and gets a two count off a suplex Reed fights back with a snap mirror and then a two count from a, a pretty cool looking kind of swinging neck breaker yeah yeah kind yeah. of hits him with that was yeah that was a kind of it was almost like a dragon swinging yeah, neck yeah it, it was really it was really weird but it looked cool but then a rest hold with a wedgie <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I just didn't get it. And like Jim Ross was, he was, 
he was trying his damnedest to put it over. He was like pulling on those tights for extra leverage. Getting the leverage, but I was no, like, literally just pulling on. I the was tights. like, no. <laughs> if he used two hands in the headlock, it would be worse. Yeah, but a headlock with one arm and giving him a wedge. <laughs> God bless Jim Ross. Oh like, no, he, he did really, his best. He yeah. tries, God bless him. Is right. He tries yeah. to yeah. put a lot of stuff over in this match. Like when he tries to put over the fact that Sting has introduced leaping into professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. aspect. Yeah, as yeah. an aspect yeah. of like you know, as if no one else ever leapfrogged. Like 10 years before, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was definitely leapfrogging people. Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? Right, so Sting finally battles out, ducks a pair of clotheslines and hits one of his own. The crowd are fucking on fire for they Sting. They really they are. They love him. They love him. Reed throws Sting's out of the ring again. Sting goes for a slingshot, sunset flip off the apron. But Reed no-sells it badly and grabs onto the ropes. Teddy Long kicks his arms off the ropes, so he sits on Sting for a pin, holds the rope again. Teddy Long kicks his feet, or, or sorry, his arms off the rope again, and he rolls back and Sting pins him at 20 minutes and 7 seconds. Okay, two things, right? Yes. Two things. I did enjoy the way Teddy Long was involved in the finish. He and runs a really yeah, well, tight he, ship he runs again. Tight yeah, ship. like we said before. Teddy's tight ship. And, you know, and it kind <laughs> yeah. of makes sense like with the whole, you know, giving him a wedgie and stuff. Like yeah. to a certain extent you can yeah. kind of, because he's been using the ropes the entire match and then like the referee catches he's him at cheater. the end and it costs him the match. Yeah, of course. That's but a good story. 20 minutes, uh, fucking way too long. Yeah. Why did well, that Well, that's match 20 minutes, minutes and there's Matches I enjoyed later that went on for a lot less, and I would have liked to see them for a lot longer. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked the finish in the way, but I thought Bush Reed was very bad at doing it. Like he was sitting on Sting's like kind of chest, pinning him, holding the middle rope, and Teddy Long noticed it so kicked it. But like you'd want that to be like fluid with Teddy Long's leg moving the kick and Butch Reed flying back and being rolled up. But he like hit it and then he kind of you know waved around. Gives him an opportunity, and it was. I was just like Butch Reed is bad isn't he I did like his gear though I don't, and his physique I, don't know, I like his physique I don't know what about his gear I actually liked it was simple and like the, I think it was the colour yeah, yeah it was just yeah. it was nice gear then they follow the match up with a shitty little brawl they kind of just punch each other what was the point of that, that brawl was, there was no point just, that was uh, that was bad before we move yeah, on yeah. from this as well as Teddy run the tight chip he also has a lovely story. oh yes, yes definitely number yes. two, number two. That's, that's, a skull skull it. that's a skull and it's beautiful a, it's not it's fucking horrible horrific <laughs> <laughs> it is vile it is vile what, what I am going to say about this show tonight is like we're probably not going to get the quantity of mullets we've got in the past but, but the quality, quality is, is it's right up there man, they are top notch mullets when I, I was taking notes for this show and there are a lot of mullets that's why, that's why I, I, mm. said, I said beforehand to, to Graham I was like you know, I'm at the recording these mullets, but we need to a bit of fucking, yeah. Yeah. you know, corroboration to make sure that they actually are mullets. Yeah, so Michael yeah. PSAs were not counting. Just yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, lads, actually, just one more thing before we move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. What is the story with the red balaclava guy? Oh. Did you notice this guy? I noticed him. <laughs> what is For the this? whole show. It's right in front of the hard camera. Like, it's like. not even like a wrestling mask. It's no, a balaclava. It's a balaclava, yeah. He's wearing a balaclava. On the hard camera, front and centre. I understand it's Chicago where it's cold, but like you're in Roll it up as a hat afterwards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like I notice people take their coats off, so it's obviously not cold in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know that he's, he's And he's like so flamboyant with his actions, jumping yeah, up. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, help yeah. but notice him. Yeah. There's also another person that you notice in the front row on the yes. hard camera, non-stop. One Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, yes. Fuck off. Yes. Yeah, I didn't him. spot him. He's sitting right beside the, the lad they player. keep pointing out, the American football. The, football, the, yeah. number, the, one, the, the number one NFL draft, uh, yeah. yeah. He's basically there together. Like, no sitting way. Yes. Oh, you see, see Dave Meltzer absolutely marking out here. No, but that's what I liked it because you know the way, like, you know, he's probably one of the most... 
I know some people might hate him and some people love him, but he is one of the most respected wrestling journalists. Definitely. His, his knowledge, not the most. He's a wrestling historian, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But I like the fact that he wasn't sitting there like being a big critical bastard. He yeah, was actually enjoying like... It. He was clapping spots and... Jumping threat, up like, and down during the main Yeah, race. like people were hitting shops and all, and he was like, you know, grabbing the side of his head going like, oh my God. It was like, he was a mark and I... That's I what happens when you go I, to a wrestling yeah, show. Yeah, and I think like, that kind of made me respect him more. Definitely. Because I'm thinking, you know, like he gives his, everyone talks about his star ratings and all that. And I'm like, like, you know, it's obviously that's like his opinion. But I'm, yeah. I like the fact that he wasn't like, you know, looking like he was giving it a critical eye. He was actually enjoying a professional yeah. wrestling yeah, show. Yeah, and that's yeah. always called crack. It is. Yeah. 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 So, uh, very, 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 oh, off you go. Little, oh, Ooh. That's always good crack too. Oh, yeah. yes, that is good, good crack. crack. Oh, lovely can. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we get an interview with Paulie Dangerously and the original Midnight Express. Great cover by Dangerously. Right, yeah, so, so what they, happened? Oh, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you, what da- I'll tell you what Dangerously says. Yeah. So he basically says, Dennis Condry isn't here tonight. He sent him on vacation. To Aspen. To Aspen. Because Jim Cornette knows Dennis Condry so well and he'll know how to prepare his boys for Dennis Condry so well that they switched Condry out and they brought in Jack Victory. That's the story we're told. Fatic Victory. Yes. What actually happened is Dennis Condry just didn't show up. No show? Yeah. And here's his logic. His fucking retarded logic, right? So basically, he thought the NWA would have no plan for him after this match. Which is probably true. Like They're, they're, gonna, they're, they're losing. Doing the job. Right? Like. Yeah, yeah. So the loser of the fall, not the entire team, the loser of the fall... Would have to leave the promotion. Oh, and if really? he wasn't, and if he wasn't going to take it, he'd have to be a single wrestler. So he didn't. So he just didn't show up. Like, would you not show up? Get your pay per view and get your yeah your payday. Like, and, and then, then like you know leave. If you know you're being sacked, but you can make another few hundred quid, make the few for, hundred for like a, I know, 20, for yeah. fifteen minutes work. Like, yeah. Well, so he's a gobshite. He is a gobshite. <laughs> and I'm glad we'll never have to see him on pay per view again. The Deadly. fucking idiot. So yeah, harken back to uh, the Russian assassins. Jack Victory is the man under the mask of Russian assassin two. No way. So that's obviously why they had to do the last minute switcheroo. They were like, oh, right, we're going to have to get Jack Victory to fucking work this match. It all makes sense. So then that's where they had to. They either said it was Russian assassin one or it was Russian assassin one because Jack Victory played number two. So that's why. Yeah, no, I, it was changed. At the I last thought moment. it was Jack Victory. So did just I. Double jobbing that night. But, I don't know, but either way, it looks like him. It does, but yeah, I also physique. I also don't know what the other Russian assassin looks like. So I know he's. I remember from the last time he was a bit smaller and oh, he right. didn't have the patchy pale skin. Fair enough. <laughs> so yes, this is a loser leaves NWA six man tag. It is Can the we? new original Midnight Express: Jack Victory, Randy Rose, and Paulie Dangerously against yeah. the Midnight Express: Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan Lane and Jim Cornette. Can we uh, just talk about those promos as well before we actually go into the match? Like, uh, Cornet, like yeah, Cornet, as well as yeah, we get a Cornet promo as well, don't we? And yeah, and Paul Heyman or Polly dangerously is is at the time as well as like doing that big switcheroo and coming up with his plan. He starts talking about the diseases that he needs to eradicate. That, it's of amazing, Cornetitis and, and uh, how good he, is he? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, and like. If anyone else tried to say that, they just sound like an idiot. But his delivery mm. is so cool. good. Yeah, so good. Just and before, like... before, so they make their entrance, the Pauly Dangerously's team. And then we get an interview with Cornette yeah. and his team. Yeah, yeah. It's another great He's amazing, promo. but they talk to Stan Lanforce, who basically, oh. oh my God, he's like a fucking brick wall. It's like, Bob Cottle's like, oh, so Stan, what do you think is going to happen in this match? He's like, we're ready and we're going to win. Aren't we? 
and then him and Bobby just go yeah and high five and then Jim Cornette actually talks like a yeah, person yeah. Only dangerously there is no limit to how low that you'll stoop to win a match to put something over on somebody to stab somebody in the back because you're nothing but a garbage mouth punk we knew Dennis Condry we trained for Dennis Condry we were ready for Dennis Condry so what do you do on the day of the biggest match of our careers with all of our careers on the line you substitute Jack Victory say Dennis Condry's in the mountain stuck in the snow Dennis Condry's on vacation maybe Condry's scared to come and take the beating he knew he'd get or maybe he's hiding in the building somewhere but Jack Victory and Randy Rose Victory bigger than Condry stronger than Condry and younger than Condry but brother there is no power on this earth there is no force that you could stick in that ring that's going to drive the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette out of the NWA. We're ready for you. We've been underdogs before, and we've come out on top, and we're going to do it right now. We are going to stay in the NWA. Let's get to it, boy. His gear is out. He's wearing like a, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, his gear is he's wearing like a onesie. Yeah, like, and he's got a like micro onesie or massive, something. Massive knee pads and elbow pads on. It's, but it's, it's a like a onesie with a turtleneck for no apparent oh, reason crazy but blank, black trunks black over trunks over well. oh, yeah. great stuff uh, can we talk about Paulie's Paulie wearing up. the pink oh. and so we already kind of know the background to this is Paulie came in yeah on almost every episode so like the Middle Express wrestled probably on every second episode of World Championship Wrestling from January to this pay-per-view and Paulie and the lads had come out and like taught you know taunt him or whatever but in nearly every single promo Jim Cornette would intimate that Polly was gay yeah yeah. And like every single one he's like something about him being a fru and then him having limp wrists yeah, and then yeah. there was a, and I was just like even at the last show this, remember imagine this today like yeah. and it's not even but it's not done in a, in, a, in a malicious way against gay people it's just kind of like you're, you're just bit, slagging him and he happens to be gay so you're using that as <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of like oh you're a bit of a gay bo yeah it's like it's like <laughs> if someone was into something like Fucking some random TV show. Like, yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, you know that's fake. And don't actually, you? speaking of that whole that whole gay so thing, I'm guessing Polly. that's why he wore the pink jumper. Yeah. And also, yeah. um, when he was in the when they were waiting for the the, the new Midnight Express to come uh. out. The punches he was throwing against oh, uh, yeah. Rose Sands. Oh. Like, like, you know, he was proper kind of like, you know, dandy kind of. Oh, very it was bad. hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, like, he's wearing the pink jumper and the white trousers. And Jim Ross says he looks like he's either coming from or going to a baby shower. <laughs> such, <laughs> such a great description. He also. What? And for no reason, Polly comes out over his pink sweatshirt. He has, like, a black. Uh, t-shirt shop, yeah. that he like rips open as though he's Hulk Hogan and then starts doing all Hulk Hogan's poses but while wearing uh, like a full length jumper yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing right so Cornette wants to start against Polly, but Polly, obviously being a little scaredy cat heel wants absolutely none of it so Lane and Rose start out instead they exchange some moves before Rose goes to the top and is slammed off by Lane who then clotheslines him to the outside Victory tags in and is then triple teamed to a massive ovation when Cornette drops the big yeah, elbow on him. Yeah. They, the crowd love Cornette. Oh, the crowd are so he's amazing. Him. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking, he's dead. So Rose tags back in and is then worked over by Lane and Eaton with Cornette getting a big right hand in for good measure. I'm finding it very difficult to not say worked over by the Midnight Express because that's... <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. very confusing. So they do a nice spot to pop the crowd where Paulie thinks he's swinging to hit Lane but then ends up clobbering Rose instead. That was fucking... Deadly. Yeah. I really like that because yeah. he, he, he had his he had his back turned to the ring and he was talking. He was like, you know, he's talking to, to the, the crowd. crowd. He was kind of and loading he, up the fist. Yeah, he like, literally yeah. just swings around oh, and like it, it barely does anything like, to Randy Rose. Rose well, doesn't like, even sell it. He just looks yeah, at him like, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was 
that was pretty pretty good so more offense from Cornette's team before Rose gets the advantage and throws Eaton off the apron into the steel guardrail I thought that looked pretty vicious yeah so that they basically work over Eaton Paul E tags in but Eaton gets to his feet and Paul E tags straight back out again <laughs> Cornette comes in to face Paul E but ends up getting jumped by Rose Paulette then beats Cornette around the ring with punches and kicks but spends too long showboating and eats a big Cornette punch basically but tags out before Cornette can do anything else Lane becomes the face in peril when he's distracted by Paulie and Rose hits him with a nice power slam for two yeah. followed by a clothesline Rose attempts a pile driver but is backdropped and then Paulie's team continue to beat on Lane and Rose mocks Lane's dancing which I kind of like because I fucking hate Lane's dancing yeah. <laughs> you know he does that little head pop thing I'm like you can't be a face and do that dance because I want to punch you yeah, in yeah. the head. It makes me not like so it. So I kind of got a little, I got a little personal pop when Randy Rose was kind of slagging him there. So Lane gets a boot up at running Jack victory and gets the hot tag to Eaton, who comes in and starts unloading back body drops and missile drop kicks. Talk to me about kicks. that missile drop kick. Oh, for Bobby Eaton, like I he, wasn't he doesn't have the physique that. for a missile. I wasn't expecting to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. He's, oh, that like, was it wasn't really the good. best missile drop kick in the no. world, but like it was fucking for what was, you were expecting yeah, from yeah, him. Exactly, yeah. yeah, he then forces the tag to Paul Lee. I love that he grabbed like Victory's hand and just dragged it over and tagged Paul Lee, and then he tags in Cornette and the crowd are going mad. Yeah, like Cornette and Dangerously do some shit wrestling. It's uh, fucking bad, yeah. but. That doesn't matter because all six lads are in there. Big clusterfuck. Cornette holds Paulie down while his team hit Rose with a double flapjack and win the match at 15 minutes, 51 seconds. Yeah, like those two managers are so charismatic that they can get away with having no athletic ability yeah. and the crowd is still just yeah, so yeah. into it. And it's still entertaining. Like. I think I think if you were to watch this match out of context, you might not enjoy it as much. Uh, yeah, understand. You, know I mean? so. like, you there, need to understand only, what's there's, happening. There's some act, like there's decent action. That missile drop kick, yeah, slam yeah. into the guardrail, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But I think you need to know the kind of story of Cornet yeah. versus Dangerously. Yeah, and it's one of those matches. If you had it on mute, like it wouldn't be great. But no, the crowd really makes the yeah, match because they they're so they into it. They fucking despise Dangerously, and they love Jim Cornet. Yeah. Quick question for yeah. you: If I don't know if Eddie is now, what's the real, the real life relationship like between Cornet and Heyman? Grand, I'd say. Is it, yeah? yeah. No, because I know, I know I Jim Ross has some beef with him. With who, Cornet? With, no, with uh, with Heyman. I don't think it's anything too bad, is it? Well, I, I think he just doesn't like the way he kind of carries himself and the way he does his the way he does his business. I don't like, think he know? liked it. I don't think. And I know Cornet is a very opinionated guy as well. I know, like, I know Cornet hated ECW. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean he hates Paul. Heyman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I was, you know, only, I was like, just I was watching the match and I was thinking, I wonder, like Cornet's. A, Cornette's a very he's a mouth he's a very John Cena-esque and that you can you love him and hate him like you know that way like, I love he's, him I, I, I do like him but like he's all like he hates Lucia Underground and he hates like he hates he wants everything to be like you know the way it was in the 80s yeah like armbar for 10 minutes kind of thing <laughs> which works in the 80s but it's 2016 like it's a very different story what did you make of, it, of the double flapjack for the finish it looked a bit bogey didn't it, it? did look, I thought they were going for a double um Back body drop. Back body drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Randy Rose might have thought that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. <laughs> but I even think, like, regardless of of whether the move was executed well or not, like a double flapjack for a finish is a bit fucking a bit weak, even for the eighties. Yeah, yeah, def- yeah, definitely. Especially when you have lads, that when you have lads doing spike coil drivers and doomsday yeah. yeah, devices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Up to that, I, I, yeah. I did enjoy the match though. I thought it was. I thought Would it was you care good. to make a count for the Muller Club there, Dermot? Oh, so we've got Polly. Polly is definitely uh, that's the tour. One hundred percent. We've got Randy Rose. Yes, that's four. He not only does he have a mullet, he has a fucking uh, ponytail in his mullet. <laughs> what a knocker! <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Bobby Eaton. That's yes, five. Jack Victory is questionable. No, I no. wouldn't have said Jack. Victory. Okay, I would okay. have said more um, Sweet Stand than. Uh, 
I wouldn't say sweet stand either though. See now that's see this is this is where this matters because I have four mullets here in counting okay. counting Stan Lane. I wouldn't have counted Stan Lane. Oh, we're the arbitrator here I now. I would so. need to look at it again. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't say off the top of my head. I wouldn't give him one. Right. I would want to cool. watch. So we'll it call it three. We'll call it three. three. We'll say yeah. Randy Rose, Polly, and yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Grant. Grant. Six altogether. Five. Five. Five, Five altogether. Grant. So after this, we get an interview with the world heavyweight champion Ric Flair, who just does. To be the man to beat the man job. It's the normal Ric Flair promo. It's great, Eddie. It's good. It's, it's incredible. Great. Yeah, of course. It's Ric Flair. It's Ric Flair. So now we are roughly halfway through the show. What does that mean? Is it? Is it? Halftime history. Halftime history. Right. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell! I've only had like one or two cans. The music around this time was kind of shit. Oh no. So the US number one was Straight Up by Paula Abdul. I don't even know that song. Uh, you might know it. I might, might, might know if I heard it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to sing it. Uh, Please do. do. No. Come on, Graham. No. Ah, go on. I'll just put it in the podcast and then you can listen to it. UK and Ireland number one was Something's Got a Hold of My Heart. By who? A bloke called Mark Almond who was in uh, <laughs> Soft Cell. You'd, you'd, you'd know to hear, I had to like look this one up and I was like, why did people buy that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, seriously, when we're going from fucking, you know, My Prerogative. My Prerogative. Yeah, it was a that, fucking Whopper yeah, song. Every rose has its thorn. Yeah. To fucking this shit. Oh. Oh, terrible. In TV, Sky launched. Oh. And Home and Away was broadcast in UK and Ireland for the first time. Shit. How long was it on in Australia before it was broadcast I, in UK and Ireland? I don't Ireland? know, but I'd say roughly three or four years. Ah, yeah. yeah. Just, nothing, nothing compared to its entire run. No. The number, <laughs> the number one film is The Burbs starring Tom Hanks. I've never actually seen I've it. I've never seen that I've one either. either. The Burbs. No, I've the never Burbs. even heard of it. Yeah. It's one of Shit. the... It's, it's, a, it's obviously being Tom Hanks, it's a... It's, it's gonna be good. It's film. good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another film that was released around this time. The only other notable film is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, well, ah yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, American Ninja Three: Blood Hunt. That was also released. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other things of note that really happened was George H. W. Bush became the forty-first president of the United States. Fair play, well. Slightly more intelligent than his son, the former head of the CIA. <laughs> yes, there, there we go. And notorious serial killer Ted Bundy was given the old electric chair. Right. You know, yeah. good enough for him. Good enough for him. <laughs> I just don't be killing people. Don't kill twenty six ah, yeah. people, don't, mate. Don't do that now. Is that know how many people he killed? Thirty six. Folks, like thirty six documented. Shit. I, I ended up reading a lot. When oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I oh, fall down that same rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah I was like, this lad's mad, isn't he? Yeah. He would be. Uh, yeah. So that's all that really happened. Serial killers, new presidents, and home and away. And shit music. Shit music. Bad music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad music. Hopefully, next one. Is like fucking something. Some whopper. Some well, whopper. like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, did have that's God a, gave rock and roll to us. That's a, that's a good a good film. Yeah, it is. And that's it? that's yeah. a good song. Yeah. So that's halftime history, and this is a big lovely fucking can. I love cans. Do you, do you like cans? Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of cans. I do appreciate a good can now and then. Like a good can. No, no, a lovely can. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I was worried. <laughs> I, I was legitimately worried. Ever since my operation, I can't have cans. Or my accident. What did he have? Accident. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck's sake. So yeah, really listen to that now. Yeah, we can't. Let's listen to that now. 
But I got spice. I got my brother. My brother came from, from Detroit come and watch me uh, win the title again from Mike. You know, this is my brother Scott. Scott, Scott, say, what is this with Alex and with Rick? Well, I'll tell you, Bob, uh, at one time my brother was normal. We both attended University of Michigan together, both wrestled there, and both were All-Americans there. And it all changed the day he got in an accident. You mean, I don't, I don't remember that. Is, that. is that what happened to him, Scott? Yeah, well, the doctor said, and especially says he can't function in society by himself. So I guess that's where Alex comes in. So when I'm not there, I guess he talks to Alex. Well, I'm normal. I'm all right. Alex just, just it helps me out of the ring. I just forget sometimes when Alex is, you know. When, when, you, you, know, when you forget, Alex reminds yeah, you. Is he that talks right? to me, yeah, he talks to me and stuff, you know, and helps me out in the ring. But just sometimes I forget, you know. You forget? Yeah, I, I forget too, but I don't talk yeah. to Alex, uh, Rick. I don't, I don't have an Alex to talk to. But let's get back to Rotunda and the match and what you've got coming up and facing you now in just a moment. Well, it's going to be a tough match. You know, Mike's a good wrestler and everything. You know, and he went to school and he graduated. And, and but when it comes down to it, Mike, you know, I get in the ring and I just might forget and just take your head off. You know, because I got him in a few minutes. I'm getting ready. You know, I'm ready to win. That one thing that actually you could not take away is the ability to wrestle. Yeah, I can still wrestle and fight. You watch. Come on, let's go. All right, fans, and there he goes. Now let's yeah, go. Yeah, Steiner had an accident and he can't uh, function in the world by himself anymore. <laughs> so when so backstory. when his younger when his young brother Scott isn't around, he. Uh, Talks to his handmate, Alex. His handmate? Yeah, I don't know what to call it. No, I like it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of Scott Steiner making perfect sense? Uh, well, within reason. With, yeah. <laughs> By his standards, he makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different style of promo than the Scott Steiner I'm used to. Yeah, he's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. But he has a lovely mug. He does. That's a, actually, that's one I missed. Ooh. Ding, ding. That's six mm. now, is it? Oh, it mm. is. Yes. yes. Ding, ding. Scott Steiner. On one of the uh, TV episodes, Rick Steiner was being interviewed and he was calling Mike Rotunda Mike Retardo. <laughs> See, that's the kind of shit that would not fly now. No, no, it would There not. would be outrage. The internet would yeah, be in yeah. fire on and fire he did, over. And he did it like this. He was like, Mike Retardo. And then he went to talk with Alex in his ear. Yeah, Mike Retardo. <laughs> and, and then Tony Schiavone was like, Mike Retardo, yeah, and he was like, yeah, Mike, and he kept calling him Mike Retardo, so. There's that for you. Ah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, number, match number four is for yeah. the NWA World Television title. Starcade rematch. Rick Steiner, the champion, defends against his former varsity club teammate, running buddy, hmm. Mike Rotunda. Mike Retardo. Mike Retardo. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, lots of amateur wrestling to begin with. Steiner coming out the better, mm. and yeah. Rotundo getting frustrated, which is how you do stalling, butchered. Steiner hits a lovely hip toss followed by a big left arm clothesline for two at this point during a prolonged headlock Jim Ross blabbers on for fucking ages about some punt pass kick competition that <laughs> yeah, was yeah. in when he eight, was eight, eight and 13, 13. Oh, sorry yeah. and 13. Oh, like I was oh, I know we said Jim Ross was good but at this point I was like seriously shut the fuck up and talk talk about the headlock I'd I rather know, no. he's, he's a legitimate athlete since he was 8 now Graham that really annoyed me I don't <laughs> give a shit about punt pass kick competitions although I did fucking Wikipedia there was there was oh, one yeah. stage um, later on in the match I think Steiner was out on the on the ground and he was on all fours and um, uh, Rotunda was giving him a few kicks to the, to the midsection right. like, and he's, he's doing his own punt pass kick competition on Steiner right now like, you know. I missed that thank god because yeah. I would have got angry anyway Rotunda latches on an abdominal stretch and does the old grabbing the ropes bit and Scott is like kept trying to tell Teddy Long he's around the ropes and Teddy Long is like what I'm walking like 
all the way over to Scott as opposed to you know how good, good is Teddy Long at Telegraph and oh, stuff oh yeah he's so good like you he's know good. exactly what he's doing oh yeah but Excellent. he's very good Rick finally gets out of the uh, abnormal stretch they kind of fall I think they were meant to reverse it but they yeah, kind of end up falling fall. over but he manages to save it by kind of doing a kind of cradle move and getting yeah. a two count from it Steiner whips returned to the turnbuckles who jumps up and hits a crossbody but Steiner rolls through and gets a two count more amateur grappling on the ground and then Rotunda hits a shoulder tackle but then trips over Steiner while he's running the ropes just trips over <laughs> I don't know if he's meant to do a monkey flip but it literally just looked like Rotunda was running and then just trips over went on his ear Steiner hits a back body drop for a two and then attempts to splash off the top rope but misses outside the ring Rotunda throws Steiner into the ring post and guardrail back inside Steiner manages to hit a big power slam for a near fall Kevin Sullivan comes out and employs he's going to hurt Rick's dog yeah. backstage. And just like seconds before, Jim Ross had conveniently mentioned yeah, what that he the has hell? a dog. Yeah. He had brought the dog on television, so it's not just pulled out of a No, ass. yeah, no, I understand that. Do you know it what was I mean? just really coincidental that yeah. he did, like literally three seconds beforehand, because I hadn't any context of, yeah. the, of the dog, like, you know. It would have been nice maybe if he had the dog on that. I know it was cut from the WWE Network, yeah. so he still would have been in the dark. Yeah. But if he had the dog in the promo. Yeah. Even Because he had the dog when he was calling Mike Rotundo Mike Retardo. Yeah. On that TV yeah. episode, so. And I thought, I thought uh, Steiner did a really good job of kind of the, I guess, the difficulty he was feeling between wanting to retain the title and uh, to want to save his dog. His dog. Like, yeah. You know, I actually felt He looked quite lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, he was kind of lost for a while. He was very so, confused. Rick is torn about what to do, but he continues to wrestle. Rotunda gets a two count off a swing and belly to back suplex that looked pretty cool cool. Steiner battles back and sinks in a sleeper hold but then hold on let me just get calm down he then (laughs) keeps the sleeper hold sunk in but then he drops back to the canvas like you'd see in like an MMA fight when they put a choke on to choke Rotunda out but Teddy Long counts Steiner's shoulders down for a three and Mike Rotunda inverted commas wins the TV title for the third and final time at 16 minutes 27 seconds Thoughts yeah. on thoughts on the match as a whole, but that finish yeah. was that hard way blood that for on Steiner. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah probably. It wasn't even much though, wasn't it? No, it, it wasn't, wasn't too much. It was like just, an eyebrow, it, like it maybe was just interesting. Because I think there, there's, there's the, more blood coming up. He might hit the, he well, might like, hit the ring yeah. post, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed like the majority of this match. I thought the amateur wrestling at the start was really good. Really enjoyed that um, too. Yeah. A lot of like the counters and stuff. I was really enjoying it. And then the dog thing just comes out of nowhere and just. It doesn't really fit in with the kind of sporting match they're having, yeah. and then that finish, like if, yeah, the finish is pretty poor. Yeah. I thought, like, I I didn't think this match was great. Oh, in general, like even before that bad finish, I thought it was kind of because they had they had the match of the night at Starcade. I believe we all picked it, uh, possibly yeah, the match yeah, of the night, yeah. and then this kind of it's kind of I think because I was expecting another go round of that. It, it was it, it was kind of didn't it didn't hit my expectations, yeah. and then even without the dog stuff, just I know he's meant to be you know slow or whatever, but that was fucking like you know putting a sleeper on the lad and then lying back down and then the ref counts him. Oh, that yeah. that was. I, I suppose to a certain extent, it kind of does feed into his character a little bit because like you know maybe he doesn't even understand I'm, that's the case. The concept of it, yeah, but but like at the same, no, I completely agree. Like, I either want I either want finish. like I would have rather like you know some sort of weird interference spot like yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah. or something and Rotunda gets a pin than that shit I also noticed when Sullivan came out and did the dog thing and Rick was outside the ring yeah, I've got your dog, yeah. <laughs> I think you need to just do Kevin Sullivan yeah, yeah, from yeah. Now on. they all seem to start with eh, and end with eh. <laughs> that is how much. he talks yeah. though 
he uh, Jim Ross said Rick would want to be careful he doesn't want to get counted out and lose the title yeah that's what he said and yeah I, he said that Yeah, he said that and I was like when was this rule brought in like I think I don't know if Jim was just kind of acting on instinct and he said it by mistake but I was just no to be honest with you I kind of like trusted that at face value you thought it was one of those weird NWA the rules end I was weird. thinking that but I don't think it is no. you know they have that over the top rope rule yeah, the, yeah. TV title or something. I don't know it's, it was weird but yeah uh, the only good thing about Kevin Sullivan coming out was that's uh, another mullet well he has a match later anyway so yeah that's true but get will it we, will on we count it now will we count it now seven. So seven seven okay yes ding ding does Dave Meltzer have a mullet? Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Has a I have mullet. to count that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not technically a performer, but he's, he's a wrestling celebrity. No, he's, he's a wrestling celebrity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a wrestling personality. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, hey, there we go. Deadly. We get an interview with the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering. It's a classic 80s shouty, shouty yeah, promo. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Ah, Dead man. Ah, yeah, yeah. Tell him, animal. Yeah, tell him, hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OK Corral. I really like the way Hawk always talk, calls people names. You know when he's like talking with Jim Ross, he's like, Well, Rossi. <laughs> Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Ross is... Oh, not Ross. Fucking Hawk is the B is Oh, he's brilliant. This is brilliant. Gra- brilliant. I, I watched the pre-show to this. And it's it's definitely pre-taped, like, but, but there was a, a tiny little interview with all participants, but there's a gas bit where they're interviewing, like there's a promo from the Road Warriors, and Hawk is like, after we beat the Varsity Club, we're going to go to downtown Chicago and start clotheslining pedestrians in celebration. And I was just like, I Wouldn't got the image of Hawk, <laughs> Hawk and Animal in the middle of the Chicago, yeah. clotheslining random, like just walking down the street, bam, bam, like you know like the Verve music video, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except it's like the Road Warriors clotheslining yeah. people, I was just like, what a thing to say in a promo. <laughs> that was excellent. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, so next up is match number five, and it is for the NWA United States Heavyweight title. It's the champion Barry Windham versus the total package Lex Luger. There's another interview cut by the WWE Network. It's Barry Windham, pretty solid promo. He was just like, he's kind of calling Luger out as his ex-buddy, and he's like, I'm going to put you away, and you're done for, basically. It was pretty decent. This is where this number one contendership comes in. Here's the background. So after Ric Flair beat Lex Luger for the second time, he told Luger that we talked about that, that promo he said it was the last time Flair would be giving him a title shot so on the January 28th episode of World Championship Wrestling Luger announced that a Shytown Rumble he'd be challenging winner for the US title as NWA policy mandates that the US heavyweight champion is automatically the number one contender to the world title <laughs> so that was his roundabout way of getting back and has that sh- ever been used before oh, I, don't, I, I don't know but I think it generally is the kind of it's like the stepping stone yeah, title. The stepping yeah, stone. yeah, So if Luger won, Flair would be contractually obligated to give him another world title shot. So that was Luger's thinking, is if I beat Wyndham, get the belt, I can go back and try the world get title the world, shot again. Yeah, yeah. And it makes perfect sense, yeah. you know, the sort of way. It's also kind of a nice, I guess, not excuse. And Barry Wyndham and him have been feuding because Barry Wyndham, tor- when Luger turned face, Barry Wyndham turned on him and took his place in the Horseman, if yeah, you recall. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like they're going back to that feud now, so... It's yeah, right. no, yeah. it was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I decided here I'd give a little background on one hero, Matsuda. Because he's, he's you know, managing like three people on this card. Yeah. And um, so, real name Yasuhiro Kojima is a Japanese wrestler, but had the majority of his in ring career in the States. However, he's most famous for being the trainer of a handful of guys. You may know some of them Mr. Wonderful, uh, Scott Hall. On the way. Lex Luger, the great Muta, who we'll be seeing soon. 
Ron Simmons and Hulk Hogan. Fuck off. Yes. Who he apparently tried to break Hogan's leg on the first day of training. Because he was a cunt or just uh, Probably. But he was apparently a fucking Harley Race level stiff bastard with trainees to like oh shit, to basically try and put them out yeah. to see if they'd come back the next day yeah. so he basically beat the Weed shit out of the weaklings I yeah. suppose yeah. so you kind of have to tip the hat to Hogan in that sense but he's also a wanker he is a wanker but yeah yeah so sadly died in 1999 from pancreatic cancer at 62 oh, but he trained some fucking names definitely yeah yeah, 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 yeah. fucking hell Jesus some of the biggest names going like, yeah. yeah yeah crowd are hot for this one they really are they, they are. are fucking they did the, the the Barry Sucks chants are fucking yeah, like Barry the Sucks. entire thing throughout. I love like, chants. Yeah, I love chants great. in the 80s because, it, like, you know, it, chants are kind of obnoxious these days. You and know, it, the, the, like chants, the NXT crowd. Oh, and, don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just kind of. Yeah. Oh, I liked how it was Barry Sucks chants. Yeah, no, cool. it was yeah, good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, so Luger locks in the sleeper early, but Wyndham uses a pretty good belly to back suplex to escape, but Luger totally no sells it and hits Wyndham with an atomic drop and a massive military press slam. Luger attempts a 10 punt, but Wyndham attempts to counter it, and Luger once again is a step ahead and lands a beautiful clothesline for a near fall. Luger hits a back body drop and a big power slam in the centre of the ring. He tries a clothesline off the top, but misses and slides out of the opposite side of the ring. Wyndham suplexes Luger back in and beats him around with his big right hand. That can apparently palm a basketball, <laughs> says uh, one Jim Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's why it's so good for that club. Outside the ring, Luger ducks another right hand and Wyndham ends up punching the ring post, injuring his hand. Yeah. Thought that was a great little story. Yeah, and definitely. Little they exchange punches in the ring, but Wyndham is in absolute agony anytime he lands a shot. I love the way. Yeah. It was very well done. It was really yeah. good. And we get a close with the hand and it looks like he's done a blade job on the hand. There's like a cut or something yeah, down yeah. it. Was, what the fuck? I'm guessing it was a blade job. Why would you do a blade job on your hand? On it's your so hand. random. Yeah. The story is he punched I know, yeah. the thing. But, like, but Luger, Luger had blood as well. I though. think Luger's was hard way. Because yeah. that's, that's exactly it wasn't gushing. Was like, it looked like a, a bash book. Yeah, yeah. I doubt Barry hit the ring post hard enough to draw blood. like Because then he really fucking... But I thought that was... Yeah, it, it was, was pretty cool and a unique thing to have his hand bleeding from punching yeah. the ring post. I thought, and it was a good way to kind of not have to deal with the claw as well <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, too well, long. We had to I, fucking deal with it anyway. Not for, not for too long, anyway. <laughs> anyway, his hand is in. It looks like he's done that blade job. Luger is also busted open above the eyebrow, but it looks it does look like hard way. I don't know if it was an elbow or a strike or whatever it was. That's kind of why I was so I was really th- glad th- two matches in a row with blood. Like yeah. I was like. I don't think it was a blade job. Though. No, it I don't so think so simple. either. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was, I, 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 it added yeah. to it for me. So, like, you know, yeah. it was pretty so cool. Wyndham locks in the claw, but because his hand is so fucked, he doesn't have the power to put Luger away, thank God. Doesn't have to sell it for 10 minutes as well. Wyndham well, he's hits, Wyndham hits a scoop power slam for two count. He props Luger on the top rope and hit. I didn't think he was going to hit that superplex. So me neither, yeah, because Luger's gonna, Luger yeah, was holding yeah. his tights and all. Yeah. So he hits a big superplex. It was massive. And Luger just barely gets the shoulder up for three, and the crowd are yeah, going good mad. Nearful. So Wyndham hits a bridge and belly to back suplex, and the ref counts three. However, Luger has got his left shoulder up at the last second and the ref actually counted Wyndham's shoulders down at 10.43 for Luger to win the US heavyweight title for the second time. That's another strange finish. Yeah. I, Especially the match I didn't, I didn't mind that finish but I thought doing booking that type row. of finish twice, twice in a row, row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is, is both. I know one was for the heel and one was for the face uh, but it was yeah, still, still both. Yeah, yeah. I, thought it, worked, else I thought it worked in this match a lot better. Oh, definitely. Again, definitely. why is Luger not just being pushed as being great? Yeah, Let him get a clean victory, or even not a clean victory. Let have Matsuda accidentally hit Wyndham or something. Something, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it was. I thought it was a strange end, and just the fact that it was, there's two of them were so close together. 
But although when I saw Luger with the blood above his eye, I was like, oh no, are the commission going to stop this match? that was in Chicago. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't have any legit blade jobs in any matches. Maybe, yeah. Because, like, I mean, you'd think there'd be blading in a Ric Flair match. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't. So, yeah, so post-match, Wyndham attacks Luger and pile drives him on the title belt. That was a nice pile driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Butch Reed and Sting take no of how you do a post-match. Yeah, ball. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I think, like, for... I am I'm a fan of Barry Wyndham. I think he's quite good. He, if he needs, he needs a, he needed a new fucking finisher. Though. Yeah, he needed something else. The pile driver's good. The superplex is meant to be one of his finishers. Yeah, I'd rather see him do that a lot, or even a pile driver. He pile driver, yeah. But back in the eighties when it wasn't hits, done that right center, he kind of hits the lariat in this match and it's it's glossed over. Yeah, like if you hit that big fucking you know powerful, flying clothesline, like, kind of. clothesline from hell basically. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see that than a claw. Definitely, any day of the, the week. Claws, it's the worst <sighs> move in the world. Yeah. How about those two lads' hairstyles? Oh shit. Um, well, I would say Barry's is long hair Luger's definitely and Luger's a mullet Luger's a mullet yeah, what's yeah. that nine now <laughs> including Dave Meltzer yes sorry yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I think it is if we're miscounting sorry <laughs> yeah. like you just count instead yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get an interview with the new TV champ Mike Retardo sorry, you mean the, the, the world heavyweight world TV <laughs> champion <laughs> <laughs> yes he says he's the new world heavyweight Champ when he's not like, <laughs> and I, I find it quite funny that he's like you know, slagging Rick Steiner for being an idiot. Yeah, and he makes that kind of mistake. Yeah. And also, again on the pre-show, at least, at least that promo was live on the pre-show. The pre-taped promos, and he says he's going to beat Rick Steiner for called Steiner an idiot for us, and he's going to beat him for the TV title at Showtown Heat. Sorry, mate. Showtown Heat was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, the Rumble. Yeah, Showtown Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. But that was the fact is that promo was a pre-taped one, so like if they, they have to if he said it. if he said Showtown Heat, they would have went, yeah, Mike, sorry, it's, and, he could, <laughs> and it was literally a thirty-second promo. He could easily have done it again, but they didn't. So in my eyes, Mike Rotundo is the gobshite. Is the yes? He needs Alex. Yes. So right, he does need an Alex. <laughs> Ross and Magnum uh, kind of give us an. They kind of analyze the previous matches that happened. I don't know why they're time wasting, but it was kind of alright because they're they're yeah, decent. At it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next is the penultimate match, and it is for the NWA World Tag Team Titles. It's the champions are the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, against members of the Varsity Club, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Kevin Sullivan. So, we saw the Varsity Club beat the Fantastics at Starcade for the US Tag Team Titles. So, naturally, they believe that makes them the number one contender. So, on the January 4th episode of World Championship Wrestling, they challenged the Road Warriors for the titles, which the Road Warriors accepted two weeks later. On the February 11th episode of WCW, there was a six-man match pitting Williams, Sullivan and Rotundo against the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering who is in fucking deadly nick. Yeah. Is he, yeah? Yeah, oh, he's a fucking... He's like Cesaro or something. He's got Shit. a very Cesaro physique. Like, that's who it reminded me of. But in the match, the Varsity Club tried to seriously injure Ellering and they tried to break Animal's arm with a chair which, like, the promo after with the Road Warriors, like, Hawk, like, basically rips a chair into... Like, a steel chair... And he just snaps it in two and he's going mad and like Jim Ross is basically cowering for his life while holding the microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like they're fucking going mad. A Clash of the Champions 5, which was really, really shit. <laughs> uh, but just five days before this, actually, the previous Wednesday, it was scheduled to be headlined by the Road Warriors and Genichiro Tenru defending the World Six-Man Championship against Sting, Michael Hayes and the Junkyard Dog. But Sullivan locked the challengers in their dressing room and the Varsity Club came out and said resulting in a big massive brawl and a no contest 
So they're just basically trying to get after the road warriors. And yeah. So it's weird book. When we last saw the road warriors, they, they were, were heels. heels. Now they, they, they basically didn't even give any. They just they kind of quietly had them go face again. But in that by having s- them be there. Yeah, yeah. But in that six man tag team match that was scheduled to happen they were against three faces so they're kind of I don't know if that was kind of yeah, I don't know if that's like you know you know good sportsmanship face versus face kind of thing oh yeah also just on touching on that Saturday night episode before it in reference to Genichiru Michael Hayes was like I love to slap a Jap <laughs> That's what he said, you know? Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, he's like, Oh my god. Everybody's talking about Genichiru Tenru, he's so big, but they all forget I love to slap a chap. And then he walked off and I don't think Junkai Dog even knew what he said because he's a gobshite. But you could see Sting like giving him like these eyes like you oh, can't like even in nineteen eighty nine it's like you can't say mate, that. like you can't say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love to slap a chap and there's like Hiro Matsuda is in the promotion, like Ah, yeah. As is Genichiro Tenru, who's going to wrestle. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine saying, like, if you're arresting the junkyard dog and saying, like, you know, a slur. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's not, like, you know, the the N word, even if you call him, like, you know. Cotton picker. Yeah, something terrible. That, that, like that. Isn't that? It's just yeah, I know, yeah. Like, I know, you know, I know, I know, yeah, but, like, imagine. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, or even, like, imagine something like that was said, like, in NXT with, like, Hideo Tommy or fucking Kota. I love to slap like. a Jap. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> do you? Good luck in your future endeavours. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Crazy. But yeah, that's uh so that's the background to this one. What were your thoughts going into the seeing Road Warriors? A lot of big lads, a lot of muscular motherfuckers. I enjoyed the, the the Road Warriors uh, promo and I'm not a massive fan of the uh, the varsity club to be honest. I, I, I don't know what it is I think uh, Dr. Death isn't good on promos anyway no he, well, he's brutal I mean, he's not too bad in the ring yeah oh you know he's a decent wrestler yeah, hell, yeah. I think Sullivan has no fucking right being anywhere near a wrestling ring do you know I, I, he looks yeah, like Sullivan, shit Sullivan his is, promos aren't Sull- great Sullivan is much better in the booking realm he's a really good booker oh is he yeah 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 he's done like he's booked some in fact he booked his own divorce <laughs> Sorry, what? So, <laughs> like real life or, sh- or in real life, not like on purpose, but it happened. Uh, this has a terrible ending, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nineteen ninety-five, nineteen ninety-four. Yeah, he was Booker and he was on the booking committee for WCW, and he was in a feud with Chris Benoit. Okay, and his wife was Nancy. Later, Nancy Benoit. Yeah, yeah. Sullivan's yeah. wife. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. But, I don't know if he was even a feud, but basically, to keep kayfabe, he booked a story where basically she was Benoit's girlfriend on screen. But to keep kayfabe, he wanted them to hold hands in public and to share hotel rooms. So, naturally enough, they ended up like falling for each other. So, and then she divorced Kevin Sullivan and Fucking Chris Benoit. Fucking hell. That, now, and then now, Chris when you still Benoit, Benoit, like that, it Chris does make Benoit. sense when you say he booked his own divorce. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy and shit. And then obviously, Chris Benoit. Then yeah. did, his, did, his, did his thing, t- and that's what, that's the woman he killed. Like, wow. I wonder does Kevin Sullivan like fucking? He must hate himself. Keep yeah. himself up at night with that yeah, shit. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's but yeah, very were, dark now. But we're I oh, know, but they were married, and he basically booked his own divorce. Like, Fuck. Yeah. poor well, Kev. Well, can't make any jokes about that. No, you really can't. You really can't. Oh, hold, hold on, wait. You can't. He he will later book a character called Dave Sullivan, who. He's meant to be his brother and is dyslexic, so he calls himself Evad. Wait, wait till we watch that. <laughs> I can't wait. 
That's just uh, <laughs> right I'm, I'm making a pretty shocked face here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that's a bit, the match, that's a bit more lighthearted than any Ben Wom used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Anyway, so Sullivan and Animal started with Animal now selling. Mm. What did you expect? Most of Sullivan's offense. Sullivan flies off the top and Animal catches him in a terrible looking power slam. Yeah, they kind of just fall. Oh, oh, it was very bad for a near fall. Williams comes in and tries a shoulder tackle, but Animal ends up getting power sl- Oh no, sorry. Animal power slams him too. Williams press slams Hawk, but Hawk being Hawk just gets right back up. And then the Road Warriors sandwich Williams between a pair of clotheslines, which that was pretty was vicious. deadly. That was like cool. back to front. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was amazing. That was really cool. The Varsity Club throw Animal outside and Sullivan wallops him in the arm with a steel chair while Williams distracts the ref. The Varsity Club then take turns working over Animal's arm. That's kind of basically the story because they tried to break it before yeah, and they're yeah. going to try and break it again. Animal comes very close to tagging Hawk over and over but I really liked the way the heels they kept doing like drop toe holds or like little yeah, ankle yeah. pieces. And kind of, yeah, just like holding them in place. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was, was really good. good and he was just so close but like just couldn't get that tag to Hawk. Williams and Animal both go down when they hit the, you know, the double down clothesline and Animal finally gets the tag to Hawk who comes into a massive pop yeah. the hometown boys yeah. you know what I mean they're from Chicago he power slams Sullivan and clotheslines Williams and then all hell breaks loose the Warriors go for the doomsday device on Sullivan chop lock but, then yeah there. but Williams takes out Animal with chop lock covers him but behind his back Hawk hits a diving clothesline on Sullivan and covers him and then the ref counts three both men think they've won the title but it's actually Hawk and Sullivan were the legal men so the Road Warriors retain at 8 minutes and 27 seconds a third whodunit yeah. situation or yeah. who in a row. got it in a row yeah and, and eight th- minutes I still prefer this booking to Dusty but definitely definitely yeah, eight minutes like I would have taken I would have taken five off this, Sting and Butch and five off Hayes uh, and the yeah, Assassin yeah. definitely because like I felt like this match was eight very minutes rushed for the world tag team it titles was so especially rushed. with Road Warriors in Chicago yeah, in yeah. Ch- <laughs> it's their home fucking town yeah. like you know <laughs> I don't know that was weird yeah what do you think of the match overall though I, I didn't really like it to be honest I it wasn't I, shit but I didn't I like it I thought it was yeah, very yeah. messy yeah it was all over the place and I think that was just it was just constantly it was just rushed, rushed. Because yeah exactly eight minutes I think they didn't have enough time to do a no. lot and they were trying to fit a lot into a short amount of time and it they just were. came off sloppy it did yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly how I feel you know, like it's and it's a shame as well. Like, 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 like you said, you could take you could have taken ten minutes from two other matches mm. in uh, from the card. Like, and those matches wouldn't have been hurt by those no. lack of five like, minutes. Like those first two matches, which had no build up each. So why were they given the longest time? Bar the main event, like so. Um, Animal has a mullet. Yes, Animal definitely has. He does mullet. Animal has been the fucking bane of the mullet club? Because <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he keeps he keeps growing and cutting, and he needs to just sort it out. Like what about uh, Doctor Death, Steve Williams? No, I'd call no. That, I'd call that just a barney, yeah. an old okay. barney. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. already counted Kevin Sullivan, so yeah, that's true. So what's that? Ten now? Ten, ten. All right. Okay, so we get an interview backstage with a, a banged up Lex Luger. You can barely hear him. Did you notice that? You can yeah, barely yeah. hear him. I found this to be quite realistic, but a bit boring. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. It doesn't work for like if this was an, if he was an MMA fighter who just won a fight, it would be good because people are going to buy it anyway. But I think for wrestling, you need to be a bit. Bit stupid, bit more animated, a bit more animated, over the top. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like what he said was really good. He was like, he was like, I've got a bust eyebrow. He's, he's got, got a, bust a cranked hand. neck. He's like, he's got a bust hand. He's like, it's a small price to pay, wasn't small it? Pr- he's like, yeah, a banged up neck and a, a cutted eyebrow is not a few stitches is small price to pay for the US heavyweight. Yeah. I was like, that sentiment is great, definitely. 
game fucking sell it to me it didn't help the fact that he was just he was sitting down yeah. with the big bandage all the way across <laughs> his head either like he you know, definitely just needed like a square yeah exactly just a small little little bit <laughs> yeah. of fucking thing there and like, his tail you know? I thought he was wearing a sling at first because his tail was so long I thought it was like a little sling he had <laughs> yeah. with it yeah. it was alright So now, up next, is the main event of the evening. I'm going to try my best to call it. I watched it twice, because I watched it in full, and then I watched it again and kept pausing to take down notes of what was happening together. Because I was like, I'm not pausing, I want this whole match in one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the NWA World Heavyweight title match. It's the champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair, versus the challenger, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky fucking Steamboat. Ricky fucking Steamboat. (sighs) A bit quite, uh, there's a bit of Flair's entrance in this, but not all of it. Yeah. What actually came out, very, very WrestleMania-esque if I do say so, is six brass instrumenta- instrumenteers, musicians as well. Musicians. You know, I'm going to use instrumenteers from now on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they come, so they're like French horns and trumpets and all come out and three of them lie on each side of the aisle by the ring. And you know the way his music is that song from... 2001 Space yeah, Odyssey yeah, yeah. but that's a, that's a larger classical piece and the piece he uses is called Dawn and they play the bit before that and then all these women come out and they take line up either side and then Flair comes out to his piece it's very Wrestlemania it's yeah. very like for very such a, yeah, yeah yeah I was like why did you cut that why and it's, they didn't have to pay licensing because the lads played it live on the trumpets yeah. on the front yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and it's Classical music is over a certain yeah, amount of Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's open, whatever the fucking yeah. phrase is. It's past the copyright. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, there, there's a phrase. Open source or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Open source what we have is code, but it's not yeah, code. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Public domain, there Public we go. Public domain, boom. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Is it basically that the NWA cut it to put it on a VHS and ju- it's just the VHS version that's on? No, because the, the rip I got is a VHS rip. So why would they cut that and cut like half an hour of the show just to put it on the network? Maybe they can make any it's, sense. It's random cunts. They also yeah. might be, they might have gotten a bit lazy in the sense of like, you know, there's obviously a lad who works up in the production company and it's like, right, so here's 17 hours of tape and you yeah, have to yeah, dub yeah. over every inch of fucking music we don't have a license to. Yeah. So he might have went, is anybody gonna <coughs> no, really not or like, care. care? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, only gobshites doing fucking podcasts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But in general, you don't really like. You know, what I mean? they but can't it does impact the quality it does, of the show. Yeah, yeah. I found it did. Yeah. Like, you know, it, did, yeah. it was very, very yeah. rushed. Whatever about cutting like entrances, don't cut promos. Yeah, you know what I mean. And don't don't cut out the two entrances for the main event. Yeah. For a world title match, like, no, yeah. like at least leave the that. most important yeah. match of the show. Like, you know, it's you the know? only one. The only ones who got entrances were Michael Hayes because they have the rights to his entrance yeah. music, yeah, yeah, and Flair because that's public domain. Yeah. Anyway, that entrance. Oh, right, I'm gonna sound like a prick here, but also none of them women were attractive. <laughs> <laughs> let's be look, mom. Let's let's be honest. You know, no, and I know you might think, oh, because they're it's 80s now, but like 
Sharon Stone was in the 80s and yeah, Brooke was, Shields uh, and fucking, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean a lot of, a lot of crackers yeah, yeah, yeah none of whom accompanied Ric Flair to the ring so what you're saying is that like, uh, but no, uh, Ricky Steamboat's wife was a beautiful woman she was beautiful those yeah. women that Flair brought out they didn't tickle my pickle let's just say okay <laughs> so, uh, quality over quantity yeah, yeah. so Steamboat had the right idea is what you're saying yeah family man or like attractive wife yeah, yeah. <laughs> attractive Whatever wife man, attractive wife over, over six five. yokes yeah yeah <laughs> like, you know was it five or six I don't know loads of them anyway a, a plenty anyway the background to this one hot stuff Eddie Gilbert had challenged Barry Windham for the title the US heavyweight title twice and on both occasions Flair had gotten involved and the two men had beat the shit out of Gilbert basically so on the January 14th episode of WCW Gilbert challenged the two men to a tag team match against him and a secret partner the following week, which they accepted as long as it wasn't Lex Luger. Which makes sense, there are a few Luger of phrases. Course. So the following week, the partner was revealed to be none other than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. A newly who, signed who, kind of... Who we last seen at WrestleMania yep. 4, being fucking jobbed, Greg the fucking Valentine. <sighs> oh, God. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah, what's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. For a man, for, for for a man of this calibre. Yeah, exactly. This calibre. Yeah, and like, the whole thing, like, I actually read it, I recently just read up on The Observer, the Randy Savage kind of obituary bit. And there was a bit about the whole WrestleMania 3 match. And there was an interview part with Ricky talking about that. And he was like, he's seen, he's seen the board backstage for WrestleMania 4, but they didn't have who was going over yet. And he was like in his head going, oh, grand, I'm going to, you know, I'll get the rematch with Macho and whatever. So he was thinking. And thinking, and he thinking he was going to job to Macho. The match was going to go into it. But now they were like, yeah, Greg's going over. And he was like, all right. Sounds. Sake. So yeah, here he is looking to wrestle decent wrestlers. <laughs> So anyway, as I was saying... And he, that he does as well. Yes, he was the secret partner and he pinned Flair in the match with the crossbody which made him the number one contender for pinning the champ. This sent Flair mad. Steamboat was wrestling jobbers and Flair would come out and be going crazy. Uh, the following week, Flair and Wind attacked Steamboat after his match. Gilbert ran out to make the save and it ended up with Flair holding Gilbert face down on the concrete while Wyndham dropped a knee on the back of his head. It was one of I don't know if either of you watched it, but it was a no. fucking deadly angle because it was concrete face down Eddie Gilbert yeah, and dropped yeah, it in the yeah. back of his head and he sold it like he was screaming in agony and it was <sighs> it was it sounds deadly it, oh it was really good and then Steamboat got up and chased them off so he basically said he was going to get vengeance for Gilbert they shattered his nose Gilbert showed up two weeks later big bruised face all in bits he's going to get vengeance for him and do it for his family there was a deadly promo. Like Steamboat's promos aren't the best in the world, but he was They're going very kind of cookie was, cutter, aren't they? Kind of. There was one where I'm going to put it in here actually. Flair has got a major fine levied on him for his actions. I think that's it's past due. I, I think you're exactly right, and I think we need to bring up two points. First of all, I want to know about the condition of Eddie, and second of all, Flair is in an uncontrolled rage right now. Ladies and gentlemen, right now Eddie Gilbert is suffering from a broken nose. He's suffering from a probable concussion. You've got a man that has come out here with a lot of heart and a lot of guts. They didn't answer to my call. They did not answer to my heed. Standing there back there with a bunch of 40 guys back there watching on the monitor, being double teamed by the U.S. champion, being double teamed by the world's heavyweight champion. They call themselves the best in the world. You guys can get the job done. You guys can get the job done when there's two against one. The plan was, Ric Flair, you're so darn jealous about me pinning you in the ring, you wanted to eliminate me. You guys were sent out here like a couple of assassins and you wanted to get rid of me. You wanted to put me out. 
Eddie Gilbert took my bullet. Eddie Gilbert took my bullet, brother, and I'm telling you something right now. When hot stuff comes back, him and I are going to be firing some bullets, Ric Flair. You and Mr. Wyndham are not going to look too pretty when we're through. Fuck. <laughs> like, he was basically just like, he took I'm, I'm getting fucking good for this. You, know you say it like, and he was like staring right down the camera saying it, and I was just like, shit, it's on. Yeah. I know, I got goosebumps when I watched that. I was like, this match is going to be the business. Steamboat vowed to get revenge, and on Clash of Champions 5, Flair came to the ring, called Steamboat, saying he could pick one of Flair's girls if he wanted to. And, and Steamboat was like, no. You disgust me, basically. Yeah, You're yeah. horrible. So then, Flair had a good line, he, and I think they showed it on this, where he was like, why don't you go home and help the missus with the dishes? Yeah. And Steamboat was like, yeah, fuck you. So Steamboat beat the shit out of him, ripped, ripped his designer suit, off, ripped yeah. him down to his jocks ripped, and his socks. Yeah. And he wrestled in his, in his yeah. fucking jock for a while as well, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? And they, like, they chopped back and forth, but Steamboat got the upper hand, and yeah. it was fucking on. Yeah. It was on. So that's it. Here we are. Main event time. So it's fast paced to start out. Steamboat getting some very early near falls, yeah. from Flair, causing him to roll outside and compose himself. Back in, they lay into each other with chops. Damn, I think your your, your little your little uh, catchphrase is on the cards numerous oh, yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I was to describe how stiff they were, yeah, I think I would say. They're stiffer than a pedo on a playground. I believe so. Ah. Oh, yes. So that brings everything into control. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> so some nice chain wrestling before Ste- Steamboat hits a drop kick and then gets a two count of a headlock takeover to massive, like, ooze from the yeah, crowd. Yeah. They're like... They thought he was going to get it from a take a headlock. Yeah. Like, how many... Like, they... That's how much they built this up. Steamboat keeps the headlock cinched in with Flair trying various trolls to get over. Flair pushes Steamboat into the ropes to force the break and then... The fucking chops and forearms start again. Fucking hell. The chops. Yeah. Dirty. Steamboat hits a big double cross chop and gets a two and the nature boy rolls outside to compose himself again. More fast paced sequences off the rope. Steamboat hits another cross chop sending Flair sailing outside. Steamboat hits a flurry of moves a hip toss head scissors drop kick and puts in another headlock. Flair gets out and they exchange fucking more chops. Jesus. Can we just go back to that head scissors for a second? Yeah. What, the, 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 the jump up with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. King of so, Beauty. I, I, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? If you like, see... Yes. If you see Dave Meltzer's reaction to that when he does that head scissors, Dave Meltzer just jumps out of his chair and he has his hands up in the oh, air like, what the deadly. fuck is going on? It's deadly. fucking fantastic. He'd gotten another headlock on Flair who got out. They were exchanging more chops and the dragon chops Flair over the top rope and the crowd are fucking going bananas and in front of that they brawl in front of that crowd Flair manhandles Steamboat with chops puts him into yeah. the ring post The front, all the crowd in the front few rows are they are loving it they're going taking pictures and all and fucking yeah. he beats on Steamboat in the ring gets a couple of one and two counts he keeps doing a thing he pins him and gets two counts pins him and get, he's, he's getting yeah. he keeps trying to paint like continuous two counts more chop battles they fucking leathered the shit out of each other's chests Flair does his upside down spot in the corner, runs the apron, and hits a move off the top rope. That was Rick unbelievable. Flair! Rick that Flair! was unbelievable. Like literally, it was like a split second. Yeah, he was in one corner and then he was in another corner and he landed and he was it. off and it was fucking dead. I was just like, he's gonna get slammed, and then he died. He, was <laughs> yeah. off. he hits a crossbody, but Steamboat rolls through and gets a very close two count. Flair hits an atomic drop and locks in the figure four, and this is when we get a massive Steamboat chant from the yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that figure four for a long time with Flair continually 
Using the ropes. Using the ropes until Tommy Young finally sees him using the ropes and breaks it up. Oh, <laughs> so good. I'm out of breath reading it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how good it is. Even though we got out of that figure four, Steamboat is fucked. Yeah. They lay the chops in again. This is like a group of pedos in a playground. It's so <laughs> At focused. least seven pedos oh, in the playground. Pedos. Yeah. Flair hits a crossbody and they tumble over the top rope to the outside where they just continue to chop the fuck out of each other in front of the crowd. They get back inside and Flair tries to pin him with his feet on the ropes, but you can just see Steamboat just inching his shoulder off. Yeah, just, yeah just a little bit. It's just perfect. And they, the camera shot of where you can see the shoulder coming off the mat is great. They exchange some very close near falls with some cradles and some backslides. Steamboat rallies a big comeback with clothesline, hip toss, body slam, that sort of thing. He goes for a diving crossbody, but they hit the ref as well, and there's no one there to count him. Flair gets a schoolboy, but there's no one there to count it. So Flair throws Steamboat over the top, but Steamboat skins the cat, climbs the turnbuckle. He misses the crossbody, so then Flair goes for the figure four, but Steamboat reverses it into an inside cradle. Second referee, Teddy Long, jumps in and makes the count for a brand new heavyweight champion at 23 minutes and 7 seconds. Fucking delightful. I cannot get over how good this match was. This match fucking salvaged the card for me. Yeah. Now, not that it was a particularly bad card. Yeah. Like, they had its ups and downs. But this just, like, it elevated it to a completely new level. Like, you know, it was... Like, it was fucking yeah. so good. I would say that there was three people in this match that made it as good. Like, obviously, Steamboat and Flair were unbelievable, but yeah. JR's call in this match. Like, he's been good the whole show, but he, he just has. takes it to another level during this match. It. It's unbelievable. Like, mm. And it's very different to the JR you hear later in the Attitude Era, which oh, was is, also yeah. really good. good. Yeah, but different. But different. this yeah. is, yeah, it's just... You heard a lot less about what school they went in the attitude. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. I you know, yeah, yeah, it annoys me at times that shit. Flair went to a private school and I love that uh, though. Steamboat. Was he was like, born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and now he's this rich, pompous prick. Sleeps around, and he buys like you know fifteen hundred dollars shoes and yeah, yeah. custom made shorts, and then the steamboat with the wife and kid, and he wants to he wants to win the world title to get money to put food on the table. Yeah. And he's a working man, and that's the fucking business. It's a great story. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic story. Yeah. And you can understand why people like each character. Yes, definitely. You know I mean? Because there's a lot of Flair fans. Yeah, 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 early well, in like, the match, there's like a life steamboat sucks chant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, then, shit. As then the when he was figure four leg lock, they were like so yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of, it, almost to a certain extent, it echoes how wrestling is today. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. for different reasons, obviously, because people know. The inner workings, yeah, the inner workings yeah. of it, but like it's, you know, people chanting for Flair and like yeah. like rooting for Flair and all. He's he's like he's he's a bad he's a, the essential bad guy. Like you Do know, you know what's the best thing about this match is it's the first of a trilogy. Yeah, shit, and it's meant to be like the least best, apparently. <laughs> ah, on um, a little bit quite old, the video on WWE Network is Ricky calls his wife and son out to the ring and he starts crying. Ah, uh, he's just Steve a family out. man. He's just a family man and such a. Is that you singing his terrible 1992 <laughs> music? Yeah. I think I love him. Okay. Oh, we, I, I wish he'd had that music for this. Like, it's such a good card. He will have it. I know. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Lads, what about the? Uh, so the, now the post match yeah, interview. The post match promo. That was yeah. the business. Oh, <laughs> that was deadly. All so the good. they're backstage and Bob Coddle's trying to interview him, and all the faces are just throwing champagne everywhere. <laughs> And he's like, he's blinded, and one of the lads has to literally come up and wipe his face. Yeah. Oh, poor, like, like, and he's trying to talk, say, and yeah, he's like he crying. Like, eyes, in all like, he did it to himself, like he poured the champagne yeah. on his head, and it all went in his eyes. And, and then he downed about half a bottle. 
Oh, he does. He was. He fucking chugs it for oh, ages. They, He's uh, in bits. He's after, in bits. Like, and like Bob Coddle has to try and get out of the way. <laughs> that was that was. I have it in my notes. Fucking great crack. It was. Yeah. It was great. There's, there's a deadly bit at the end, and like all you hear is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's and then the thing's head just yeah. appears on the just like, like Ricky yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah did it Ricky that's it was fucking yeah. that was amazing oh, oh it was oh, yeah. backstage Jeez. and then for some random reason there was a dark match where Kendall Windham defeated Steve Casey and the match lasted 25 minutes 25 minutes why, would you, why would you want that after that match yeah imagine yeah, you were yeah, in that just crowd just you've just seen that leave match it. and then this what fucking does the, two jobbers in a like I mean the face the face went out I know people like Flair like fairly Kendall Windham winning a 25 minute match is not gonna no no I don't yeah. understand I don't understand that like I understand like I know sometimes they do dark matches after to send the crowd home happy but yeah I think that's uh, a weird one isn't it especially Steamboat 25 winning minutes the title would have sent the crowd happy like and the finances department it drew 130,000 buys which is only 20,000 down from Starcade which I think is pretty good considering Starcade is their you know Wrestlemania home, home Wrestlemania mm. Their biggest show, the and Shoy Town Rumble. They'd never been a Shoy Town Rumble before, yeah. so it's, it's kind of like a, a, a new paper. Yeah, and a, twenty thousand less boys is pretty decent, I think. Of the five and a half thousand that paid of the eight thousand, it did a gate of sixty-eight thousand seven hundred dollars, which is an average ticket price of twelve fifty, which is fucking cheap. Cheap as, as fuck. Yeah, like, it might be Jesus. far back. Like front row might have cost like twenty thirty dollars, but. Three dollars for front row versus yeah. what you're paying now for front row. What seven eight hundred euro or something? No, I don't know what I don't know what twelve fifty nineteen eight nine dollars is two thousand sixteen, but it can be more than thirty. No way. Twenty dollars. No way. Like, no way. Overall thoughts and match and worse of the night. Or we have anything we else to, to that? Are we talking about Ric Flair's hair? To talk about Ric Flair's hair. Yeah, oh shit! Do need to add. Hang on. What about fucking uh, Steamboat's hair? Ooh. Yeah, a little bit. I think uh, I, I, think I, I would throw my hat into the. Okay, I'm going to put it in the Steamboat mullet pond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mullet pond. Yeah. The mullet pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see, he can be in the Mullet Club. Okay, so, so that's 12. 12. 12. Nice. You know what? That's what? What was the, the Rumble? The Royal the Rumble, Rumble was only four. 17 or something, no. wasn't it? 17 is our record, isn't it? Oh, is or it? Was, yeah. Yeah. Or, was, yeah. or was it 19? I think it's 17. I think it's 17's a record. The Rumble was only 30. Yeah, it was ridiculously low. So for a, the a 30 man match seen. and this show had more, like, either this equal or more than it. Like, what? Because from the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I know it's in the and Chicago, but still, no, it's from the South. The company, yeah. the company. and quality, not just quantity, is some great yeah. mullets. Oh, there. there's some fantastic mullets. Who would you say had the best mullet? It's between, in my my opinion, I'm going to say between Scott Steiner and Polly Dangerously. I'm going to go, throw Luger in there. Luger has a great. Okay. I'm going to go with Polly Dangerously. Polly Dangerously, good shout. Yeah, you're so right. So is he you're the best mullet? Let's give him the best mullet. Mullet of the night. There's a new fucking award. Oh, I think another podcast already do that. Ah, uh, fuck them. <laughs> Whoever you are, fuck it. <laughs> Dave's angry. Yeah. Dave's angry. But, like, best, you know, we decided that he's the best mullet, so that's yeah, what's well, happening. Yeah, he has, he has the best mullet. So that's, that's what, what we're going to call it. But match, <laughs> match of the night and worst match of the night. Do you want me to start? Well, whoever wants to start. Well, I think, start. like, best match of the night is just a given. Like, yeah. maybe we should do second best match of the night. Because, like, I don't think there's going to be any disagreement no, between the first team. No, but I want to hear I want to hear you talking about Flair Steamboat okay, like, well, that's okay Flair Steamboat was fucking deadly yeah. it was really stiff I knew going into it what the finish was and I still Did you? fell I for uh, some of the near falls well I like that you know it's good when that happens yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you know when like I knew in my head the Steamboat wins this match but then when he got 
the crossbody and he had the visual three count but the ref was knocked out I was like oh yeah fucking Flair is gonna win yeah. you know, even though he's lost and the crowd yeah, knows that's like lost, me. At, that's like me win. at the Rumble where I knew John Stud won but in my head I was just like Hogan's gonna win this and then when yeah. Hogan was dumped out I was like what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just you kind of you end up forgetting and just getting he, sucked into yeah, it like yeah yeah it just it did the whole match just sucked me in yeah. it was fucking deadly Grand. so that's the match of the night and right go on second let's go second best and worst um, as well okay well worst I'm gonna say Michael Hayes and the Russian Assassin just cause there was so many like it was just all either punch kick or a really long rest hold and there was nothing else to it and the Russian Assassin is just such a shit generic gimmick that mm. there was nothing yeah, to get yeah. invested in I would have rather seen Kendall Windham versus Michael Hayes because at least Kendall Windham is part of this Yamasaki Corporation an actual gimmick <laughs> makes sense you know what I mean yeah yeah the Yamasaki Corporation I didn't fucking make it up <laughs> It's, it's literally they pull right, what sounds Japanese Yamasaki Yama, Yama. <laughs> yeah right corporation there you go and the second best match of the night I wouldn't say technically that it was the best match but the one that you I enjoyed. kind of enjoyed the most was the Midnight Expresses and the two managers involved just cause <laughs> Heyman and Cornette were just so entertaining during it and it was mm. decent yeah cool. and it entertained I Obviously, match of the night is Flair and Steamboat because it's, it's like, it's unbelievable. So good. It is. And it's like, just the fucking, like Flair, I was saying before we started recording today of that kind of before the kind of WWE Network came out and that sort of thing, or like not even, it's, you, before I'd really proper watched old wrestling, I remember all I'd been exposed to of Flair was him and, him and WWE with like Evolution and when yeah. he was like the part owner and that sort of th- stuff. And I remember seeing in all like, you know, Power Slam magazine and websites and all this stuff and forums and everyone was like, Flair's the greatest of all time. And I was like, nah. no, he's not. Yeah. He's shit. Like, I, 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 not that I thought he was shit, but I was like, he's good and all, but he's not the best of all time. And now that we're going through these pay-per-views, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, you have a point. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kind of the exact same. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I, when I was young, like all I ever saw was WWF. Yeah. And then the only time I was ever exposed to Flair was like, Past that his prime, brief, well past that his prime. brief run, and then 92, well past yeah, his prime, yeah. and like, yeah, in like I just used to the guy with the saggy tits who should yeah, probably retire, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he always got slammed off the top rope, yeah. yeah. But here he is, like he is genuinely, and Ricky Steamboat is, oh, phenomenal. Like I mean, even remember when they brought Ricky Steamboat back to work Jericho at one of the yeah, WrestleManias, yeah. and he's still yeah, he's still bodies and yeah, I'm like yeah. that chap is the business, like he's unreal, and this match was just. It was like ridiculous. It was, it was uh, so good. It was one of the most evil. I'm using this term kind of loosely here, and it was one of the most perfect wrestling matches I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Second best match, I'm going to give it to Luger Wyndham. Oh shit! Wyndham is because impr- I remember at the start, and I'd read about Wyndham being great, and he I had a, he had like matches, and I just didn't enjoy some yeah. of the matches, mainly because ugh, he had that match with Dusty when Dusty was fucking. <laughs> Past yeah, his prime yeah. and all that kind of shit. Dancing. But I thought this Dancing was, in the claw. No, I, was like, <laughs> I would have liked this to not to have been given time off some of the other matches to make yeah, it maybe yeah, 14, yeah. 15 minutes. But I, I thought it was like it was, there didn't seem to be any rest holds or anything. They just kept going for each other. I like the story of Barry punching the ring post and hurting his hand and not being able to do the claw. And yeah, I really enjoyed that second best. And worst match, worst, yeah. I would agree with you in that it's Hayes and the Russian Assassin. The Russian Assassin has no place on a pay-per-view except for a battle royal. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Wholeheartedly agree. No, he that's any character like and, that. And fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. 
No, way too no, long. Thank, like, way too it, long. it was an armbar headlock and fucking that was it really punch it kick punch kick punch kick, kick. Yeah, yeah. I've no time for it and a, a shit yeah for me match of the night obviously goes to fucking yeah, yeah. the lads uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat like I'm not even gonna fucking go over it again because we've already discussed oh, no, it yeah, yeah. Uh, second best match of the night is a little bit more difficult to call and rather than kind of going into the technical side of things yeah. I'm gonna go with the match I enjoyed the most yeah, yeah. after that one yeah. and which is the um, the Rotunda and Rick Steiner match oh, really? I yeah. really enjoyed that match now I know it wasn't the best kind of the the, the best uh, technical match out there right. the, well there's a lot of good wrestling and stuff amateur wrestling style stuff and yeah and there was the questionable finish and everything, but I, you know, I was, I was, I bought into it. I was, oh, en- I was enjoying yeah. the story, and you know, it, it made me care about the, yeah. the whole thing. So that would be my second best uh, match of the night. Quite interesting that we all picked a different a second different, best, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. But we're all going to pick the exact same worst <laughs> match of the yeah, night and yeah. best, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, the worst match, fucking that, the the, the Hayes and fucking Russian assassin one yeah, yeah. match was fucking. It was. <laughs> laborious it yeah. was it was difficult to get through but I will I'm picking that I'm making that pick but I am going to just put a little fucking footnote on that yeah. that says that close a close second to worst match of the night was yeah. the, the Road Warriors and Varsity Club fight oh, really? match for me yeah I did not enjoy that match at all I thought it was messy sloppy uh, rushed now obviously that's just a, a, a symptom of the booking yeah, of and course. how much time they were given yeah. if they were given a bit more time they might have had to stretch things out a bit more but Eight minutes, it was gone like that. Yeah, you know, and I just, I just didn't even realize what had happened. Yeah. So it was just I like the way you're giving a shout out for a bad shout out to the Roadhouse for having second shit. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I love the Road yeah. Warriors; they're fucking great. But it's just you know, it, like people have bad matches. But would you say it's still? A good bit above the Hayes assassination. Oh, match. like it's not like close. Of, it's, like it's, yeah, different league altogether. Like, <laughs> yeah. Different league yeah. altogether. That's fair enough. Overall thoughts of the pay per view. It it's had a game of two and, halves, as they say. It, really it, was. it had its ups and downs. Yeah. Ups and, and downs is exactly but, what was going to yeah, be right there. I think it definitely it built. It started with the worst match, and it got slowly better. And by the time it got to the main event, that was yeah an amazing match. So you're left after the show thinking that was deadly because you've just seen that match. You're but buzzing, then you go yeah. back and you actually oh, think I about some of the other stuff Hayes you watched. Yeah, second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was probably kind of an average show overall, but with a great main event. I wouldn't say overall the show was amazing. I would say I, I, would, I would tend to agree with their middle of the road, mm. but the main event really like lifted it up. I think just watch the title matches. Yeah, which I'm, is basically oh, definitely. which is exclude yeah. the first two matches. Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I don't know yeah. if this is controversial or not, but for me, mm. I'm gonna say that that's the best match we've watched so far, and I'd put it above Shit. Savage and. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think they. I wouldn't they're close. Be too far off they're close. Like, them, I wouldn't. you know what I mean? They're close. Yeah. But like personally, it, it is no, are, it is better. Okay, the pay per view as a whole, it's kind of marred by the first couple of matches being yeah. not good, yeah. and the fact that they got more time than the majority of title matches. What is, the fuck is a bit much? But it's an enjoy, it's an enjoyable pay per view. Yeah, it's yeah, worth yeah. a watch. It's, it's worth definitely watch, worth least, a watch. Yeah, especially that main event, which is a lot more than we than we have been able to say about previous lot, NWA yeah. pay per views. Yeah, you know. But speaking of which, I want to say touch on the production values. The camera work was yeah. fucking dead. The ring looked great. It did. The ring the before ropes had looked dead. Yeah, the ring before looked. The ring was bright and the crowd were dark. That's the way it's meant to be. Yeah. Like I know you can see the first few rows, but you know how like previously it's looked like you could see everything and you're like this. No, yeah, the crowd yeah. is the house lights are down except for spotlights on the ring. 
I did kind of think that the NWA logo on the ring looked like AWA more than NWA. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad logo. Very it's bad, bad, bad logo. logo. Yeah, Whoever yeah, they yeah. got to design that is a dope. Very bad logo. And also the thing is like, I know they were all cut from the show, but light, like a light show, like a, where they come out of is like, there's like, you know, a rig with like lights and smoke machine. That's something WF aren't doing at all. They've got a yeah. black curtain. Yeah, I think that's a good like I definitely yeah. yeah. And NWA have been doing that for a while. They now. have even from I think our first ever time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lights, especially yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I, I think the productions it's definitely bumped up as well since Starcade. So they're only yeah. getting better. It seems. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. Very good show. Good, good show. Mm. Check it out. Enjoy the fucking main event. Yes. So our next show is oh. WrestleMania Five, oh. where Demolition will be defending the tag titles against the Powers of Pain. Mm. Warrior defends the Intercontinental title against Ravishing Rick Rude mm. and we finally get to see the culmination of a year Hogan versus Savage oh my god yes looking forward <laughs> to I've that. never seen that match before neither have I I don't think I've seen Wrestlemania 5 I'm rubbing my hands together here yes. <laughs> fucking deadly anticipation yes. is anticipation. building there's also I may as well tell you now there's also um, is it Dino Bravo versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin and Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bad News Brown. Ah, uh, <laughs> let's just stick to the positive news for bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah, yeah. It's bad news for us. Yeah, it's bad news. Which for is good us. news for bad news. Yeah, yeah. Which is that existential bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. If you liked us, we are on Facebook at. Boy, shit, I can't remember. What's the Facebook handle? We, oh, we really oh, have need to have write a note this here or something to remember these. We're not handles. smart people. <laughs> it's just like okay. almighty, like on is Facebook. It, is it? I think so. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. Just search Boy God Almighty on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, you got it, you got it. We're on Twitter at BJ Wrestling Pod. We're on Instagram at Boy God Almighty. And um, that's about it, yeah. Excellent. Listen to us through your various iTunes, Stitcher, review so. if you want. Yes, yeah, so review, review would be lovely. Yeah, a few stars. Give us a few stars. And I'd like to hear maybe a variable, well, not variable because it's written, but like, you know, type yeah, up yeah, something. A, a, a bit of feedback. Yeah. A bit of, a bit don't, of don't call us constructive cunt. Don't call us cunts if you think that. Just say, stonks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's good boy from me. Not Derm, Graham is my name. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Graham. Thanks. Goodbye from me, Dermot. Yes, bye bye. You. Goodbye from me, Dave. Yahoo! See you later. Bye bye. Ah. Hold me in your-